D&D Outdoors brought to you by Headline Outdoors. Season 3 is coming out on April 10th. Oh man, we got some great episodes coming up on Headline Outdoors. Also, hun- lots of other programs. It is also brought to you by the Southwestern Outdoors. We're going to fulfill all your hunting needs and equipment that you need at www.southwesternoutdoorsman.com. Welcome back, everyone, to D&D Outdoors. Today on the show, got lots to go over, a lot of changes out here in the hunting world. We also have a pretty cool announcement. We're going to talk about our Season 3 of Headline Outdoors coming out and just all the different hunting rules, hunting changes that have been happening out here. How are you doing today, Dustin? Good, man. How about you? I'm doing good. I can't complain. It is starting to warm up here in Arizona. It's air-conditioned weather, shorts, t-shirt, and flip-flops, so I, I can't complain one bit. What's the temperature? <laughs> it's right now, it says it's 80, but outside it feels like 90. Uh, where? Right now, here in Virginia. Whew. Is that warm for you guys? It's comfortable. It's the heat and air is turned off in the house. The windows are open. Short sleeve. Gotcha. I still have pants on, but I have flip flops on. Gotcha. A little bit of everything going on. A little bit of everything going on out there. Oh, man. Gotta love it. Well, if you did follow us on Spotify, there was some technical difficulties on Spotify's end, which had a, they had to reset our whole page. So if you did follow us, you're not following us anymore. So if you could give us a follow on Spotify, but also if you're doing that on Apple or whatever you listen, just give us a follow. Download our episode that way, um, you know, we can, you can hear and find out when our newest episode comes out. You know, I think we got a good routine routine down now. Yeah, don't forget to go in and give us a five-star review and maybe even leave a comment about how Spotify should have picked up a little faster on that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was looking through it and then our episode wasn't popping up. And the wood cup wouldn't pop up. And I finally reached out. They're like, it's up. I'm like, no, it's not. And I sent them a screenshot of what I was looking at. They're like, oh, well, we're going to have to reset it because we can see it on our end. I was like, oh, lovely. Lovely, lovely. (laughs) But speaking of liking and following us, remember, if we're giving the Cavage headlamp giveaway. So all you simply got to do is just screenshot us. You listening to this episode. Tag us in your Instagram or Facebook story. And also, if you follow the link in our Instagram bio, there's um, there's a giveaway selection you can choose. And there's other ways to enter. Uh, that is going to be ending here on March 29th. So next Tuesday or this Tuesday or last Tuesday from whenever you're listening to it, March 29th will be the end of it always fun great headlamps though oh yeah yeah well we got some before we get into the bad parts of hunting we got we got some exciting news we don't we got something big coming up on april 10th don't we dustin oh yeah we launch our or begin airing our third season and you can pick 
those up on Roku or your Amazon Fire TV by searching Headline Outdoors. You'll see like a nice peaceful scenery of a lake with the logo in there. Download it. You'll be able to catch pretty much all our two seasons. Uh, we've got New Blood Outdoors. We've got Legion of Legends. Uh, that's Tony Merkel, if y'all listen to the confessionals. He's airing on there now. And then, like he, uh, Dale just said, our third season will begin airing on the 10th. And you want to give him a little sneak peek of what to expect for season three? Yeah, we can uh, send him the uh, intro. Yeah, we'll get the intro up on here. You'll get a, you'll actually, you'll see a little bit of changes. You'll get to see a southwestern hunt. So you'll get to see dead stuff everywhere instead of the lush green that Dustin always has out there. Now, I don't know about all this dead stuff now. I, I ain't too much up on that. Well, I mean the dead, the dead trees <laughs> stuff. Not, not, no, no dead animals here. You know, I, you know, I. So, yeah, I'm not a good shot, so I'm I'm pretty much just behind the camera. So, <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Well, talking about hunting. Well, black bear hunting is back to being banned in Washington, and for spring, unfortunately, you no know, people with Hal, a bunch of hunting groups fought it tooth and nail. But the commission held a four to five vote banning a limited entry hunt a quote from brian lynn of sportsman's lion you know pretty much just speaks to how they look at states such as washington and you know what to expect you know as brian said i wish this was unexpected but it but it was wasn't um another spokesman said washington state is a friendly testing ground for animal rights movements and they know they have an ally in governor inslee his most recent appointee on the commission shows they're happy to push their ideological agenda over accepted science. This board is so out of touch with legitimate game management. Spring bear is going to be the least of hunters issues. More attacks on predator management are on their way to the commission's mandate, of course. And, you know, kind of some backstory on it. Last, last November, the commission held a, held a vote for this in which it tied um for the the ban on this and the temporarily there just weren't kind of enough council members to agree and governor Inslee of the Washington government just happened to add three citizens panel council members to make it a legitimate vote and because of that his hand selection all three of those just coincidentally happened to vote to end bear hunting in the spring. That's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, it's it's absolutely absolutely. I mean, I I watch this show. Um, it follows. Let me. It's they, it follows the game and fish officers of um. Washington, and it's it's absolutely. It's called rugged justice, and it's absolutely ridiculous. Like they have just talking on the show, the game and fish officers are talking about how bears are on the increase bear and people interaction. And it's just, it's showing right in front of them, but the people, 
are just going off emotion based other than science based. And then when little Bambi gets eaten, they're going to get upset. It's uh, I've said it before. We we tend to visit Gatlinburg Pigeon Forge area for vacation pretty much every year, if not twice more a year. Uh, the national park in there, you can't hunt it. So in in it's nothing to be in Gatlinburg and have a bear run across the the road and during the day. They have to have special trash cans to put the trash in because. Bear hunting is a no-go there. And it was a video a couple years ago. I think you and I talked about it last year that it was a bear had grabbed a wild hog. Yeah. And people were videoing it as it dragged it up the hill. And that's uh, that was in the National Forest down there. Yeah. And it's absolutely – people just don't don't understand – you know they have they do they have something similar out in New Jersey where I think bear hunting on public lands illegal and um a couple months ago was the first time in a long time that a lady was killed by a black bear <laughs> in that state because black bear the black bear is just overrunning there. It's absolutely you know ridiculous what they're doing, and they don't really seem to have any remorse for it. And you know coming up here in a i believe in a month on april 20th we'll be back to the same fight for california um it's the exact same thing it is trying to ban bear hunting in california by the humane society and project coyote are you know going after saying that the reason that the bears are going are dropping in population there where it's the data shows it's not and they're they're just using skewed and flawed data it's it's absolutely ridiculous i mean it, i would not close a hunting season on an animal i would instead of having say a, a, a thousand tags for a bear Cut it back to, you know, 500 one year and, and then go from there. Readjust. If you need to do it again, 250. Yeah. Well, I, th- I think, at least on my perspective, which you may agree with or you may not and people may not, I think there's no – I think before even cutting the tags or doing it, this, they should do some research on is the bear population actually going down because it doesn't sound like it. No, there's no hard numbers that are shown behind these anti-hunting bills that show the bear population is actually going down. Well, that should be the first step before you even bring a bill to present it. Is yeah. Do research and have the data there to back it up. Yeah. Yeah. For example, um, let's take the California bill, for example. They said in the year 2020, bear pop, this is their, what they're basing their um argument off of in california is because the year 2020 bear popular bear hunting data see, sorry the hunting data for bear populations of successfully harvested harvested bears significantly dropped well what happened in 2020 the whole world was shut down yeah <laughs> the national forests were shut down in california and then for the following year in 2021 guess what happened <laughs> 
when stuff is open. The numbers jumped right back up. So they're using that one year saying the Bears are not having a healthy population during COVID when California was locked down more than Guantanamo Bay. <laughs> um, but then the population jumped up the following year just must mean there's a really healthy bear population then it's going off their logic. I mean, I know it's skewed data and it's not actual data at all. So what happens when the bear population just soars? Oh, we don't want to shoot bear now. No, uh -uh. Uh, I'm, I'm glad you asked that. Cause you know what happens? You euthanize the bear. So you can't use its meat or anything. You just put the bear down and I guess do whatever they do with the bear carcass. That's what they've been doing. I mean, it, at least here, they run a program called Hunters for the Hungry, where if you harvest a, a deer, say, yeah, you could take it and have it donated to Hunters for the Heart. It, 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 the processor will process it, and they send it to food banks and places like it to help the homeless and the not fortunate enough. And Okay, so now you're going to ban deer hunting here. So you're cutting out not only food for me and my family, but all these homeless people and the people that need help, you're cutting out them at this uh, soup kitchens and all. It, yeah. It's, you're not doing what's good for the people. Yeah. And actually, one of the best arguments that I've heard when I, cause I sat and listened to the previous, I was on the call with the previous, when they first had open comment for the bear band in California, was a Native American tribal leader saying, this is our culture. You're essentially banning our culture by banning bear hunting. We use every part of the bear for religious items, ceremony items, eat the meat. And I thought that was a, that's a very good argument, which none of these people think of. There's a broader effect to just the hunter that goes out and harvests a bear. You know, there, there's a lot more cultures that use the bear in, I guess, a greater sense. He's right. Yeah. I mean, it, it's. I, lack Ed, of better terms, I would say that's borderline racist. Yeah. Well, that's what he actually called it bigotry, which I guess is, is, it is a bigotry because it's hating one group essentially off of their beliefs. And when he dropped that, I kind of, I think he got the attention of a lot of people, to be honest. Yeah. yeah, but it's the truth. But we'll keep you updated on California. If you do want to, you know, have your comments heard in California, you can use How for Wildlife. We will have the link for you to sign up um, in the description of this podcast. And that way you can sign up. It's very simple. You just fill out your information. It sends a letter to the CDFW, multiple org petitions letters you will also have your information on. And there's plenty of other um, action items for anti-hunting bills or pro-hunting bills. Just right now looking at it, there is a legalized hunting in, on Sunday, Colorado Hunter Safety Course in Public Schools. Uh no to closing moose and caribou hunting in British Columbia, legalized Sunday hunting in Pennsylvania, and plenty more. That Colorado one, that's pretty interesting. To make Hunter Ed a thing in public schools, that's pretty cool. That's actually, they have that here. Adam just completed his. 
Oh, really? Yeah. He's got a little wallet size certificate, a big normal size certificate, and a little patch saying that he's completed it. Which yeah. here it was I may be wrong on the dates here, but I believe it was 79 and after. If you're born in 79 or later, you have to have that hunter safety card to purchase a hunting license. And before 79, you're pretty much grandfathered in. I I had it, so I was able to buy mine, blah, blah, blah. My first time going out of state to hunt, you had to present your hunter safety card then to purchase a out-of-state hunting license, which I did not know. Yeah, yeah, that's how it is out here. I think you have to be born. I don't remember one on that, but I was born after it, so I had to do it. But that's awesome that he did. I didn't know he did it through school. You're telling me I don't remember you telling me today he passed. So that's pretty cool. That'd be a class I might actually pay attention in. <laughs> I, I had that class. I had the same teacher that he had, and they brought in the game warden, and they run through the book with you, and you take your test and all. That's awesome. That's amazing. Well, speaking of Colorado, while we're on the subject, Coloradoans will now be charged an extra $29 when they register their cars to keep Colorado to have a wild parks pass so you can effectively enter all the state parks. I think that's pretty awesome. It is. And you don't have to get the $29 price tag. You can you can opt out of it, but if you get it, you know, I mean, I someone that lived in Colorado to pay an extra 29 bucks for that, that would just be amazing because it says right here that more than a half day pass is about, you know, about $80 you'll spend over the summer or the winter time or the summer during the camping time. And also for an annual pass, it's $120. So, I mean, you're saving almost $100 on it. And I mean, I think that that's awesome. Um, I think I wish I had that when I was in Colorado because I would save a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But um, yeah, we will be right back with some awesome, awesome stuff. If you ever wanted to catch a Goliath grouper, now might be the time after a quick word from Purpro. Whether you're hunting, fishing, scouting, sitting down for long periods of time just really takes it out of you. Your back is sore, your body is sore, you're going to have to leave your tree stand or blind early just because you are not comfortable. Well, let's change that with Pure Pro. Pure Pro is making an avid hunter, outdoor enthusiast, some most comfortable products out there in the market. You can be able to sit for long periods of time and not have a sore back or body. Made right here in the USA. Get your Pure Pro products today at www.purpro.com. That is www.pur-pro.com today. You know, as we said, Pure Pro, great product. <laughs> it's probably one of the most comfortable things I've ever sat on. Wouldn't you say, Dustin? <laughs> yeah, it is. yeah. It's oh, as yeah. much as I've wrecked my back. It's it's a pleasure to sit on one of those. Yeah, yeah, I just I just got my Pur Pro and I just sat on it real quick and it is life changing. It's like a Tempur-Pedic mattress for your butt. I love it. Oh it's, man. I think I've told you Adam's got it in his gaming chair in his room. 
Yeah, I, I actually might have to get another one for my office chair. <laughs> Honestly, I'm thinking about that. Oh, man, that would be amazing. Oh, well, if you have wanted to hunt Wyoming and you're one of the nearly 12,000 residents that put in for sheep, moose, mountain goat, <laughs> I'm sorry, but you're, you're going to be starting to run out of luck there. Wyoming just passed a bill that was introduced by Governor Mark Gordon. It's House Bill 43, which is pretty much extending the what they call the Wyoming Big Five um, so to a 90-10 allocation. So what that means is that oh, out-of-state hunters will only get 10% of the tags while in-state hunters get 90% of the tags. Um, which is interesting. It's very interesting. Um, for instance, just reading the, reading over the article um, in the past, like area two is a very popular sheep area in Wyoming, which has a 20 tag sheep quota. Um, last year it took 22 preference points for non-resident hunter to draw one of the five non-resident tags. Um, but now you'll need roughly 53 preference points to to draw it and i don't know how i uh, i don't know how well if you know preference point um it's, it's very common here out west so you get a you get a preference point each each year you put in you might get a bonus one like in arizona for hunter ed or loyalty if you put in for x amount of years but essentially take take adam for example he he just passes hunter ed and how old is adam He'll be 12 the first of next month. So if he started putting in for Wyoming bighorn sheep, by the time he's about 65, we're going to expect him to hike the Wyoming mountains and shoot a bighorn sheep. Crazy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm sure eventually it will change because that that's, that's just a lot of lost revenue. Um, you know, a lot of tag allocation. So let's see, really reading through it. Non-resident tag allocations for sheep will be 18 from 44. Moose will be 36 from 72. That's just, I mean, it's it's possible, though, for um, people might stop putting in for Wyoming, and it might actually be, be maybe might be, might be easier for them to draw. Because there won't be as many people, you know. Who knows? Yeah, it might be it. Yeah. Now that we've said that, everybody's going to go to Wyoming now. Yeah. I know they, they wanted, they're talking about putting in for elk and antelope and deer, but I, I don't see that passing because that's just, that's just ridiculous. That's just crazy. I mean, in a way, though, um, I'm kind of, I kind of understand it, especially out here in Arizona. You hear me complain a lot about the non resident hunters. And Arizona's moves right now to limit them. I mean, I think 90-10 is a, a lot. But I think, you know, in a way that non-resident hunters do come in and waste a lot of the resources and ruin a lot, a lot of it, a lot of the hunting. Like, I get I get it's public land and a lot of the national forest is national. But, I mean, in a way, I feel at times out-of-state hunters really ruin it more for in-state hunters, if that makes sense. It does. It, it's because they, unless they have 
speaking from here unless they have like friends, family, or some private property to hunt on. Yeah, they're hunting national forests here. Yeah. And, and you see a lot of them camping there and they're just leaving trash there. Yeah. But on the it, other it, hand, though, it, it's say if you come out here with me, a non resident hunting license package and all, it, it's you're looking at close to $200. That's not too bad, though. I mean, for me, with my oh, if I for my for put it just if I say I got drawn for elk, that would be a two hundred dollar bill just for one tag here in the state. Wow! And with my small game license and the elk tag included. It was the last time I went to South Carolina for a hunt. It was cheaper for me to get a non-resident hunting license there than it was to get a resident hunting license here. Oh my goodness, that's that's a little wild. Oh man, but it's gonna be interesting with this to see the changes that come. Um, I know there's kind of been a push in Colorado for something similar because they're very generous with their out of state elk tags. You can hunt, I believe, second and third rifle in some areas and early archery. So there's a lot of non resident hunters there too. And when I lived in Colorado, there's nothing more that Coloradoans hate more than seeing a non-resident hunter in an area that they've been that they live in and scout year after year so it's going to be interesting to see the kind of i guess the avalanche the snowball effect of this see if it see if it takes on or if it just kind of ends there it'll be it'll be very interesting to see yeah it should but if you like fishing though florida has allowed through a draw system, pretty cool. 200 tags for Goliath Grouper. Now, the season is only a, from March 1st to May 31st. And you can only use hook and line in state waters, which I think is pretty cool. It's coming at a pretty penny. Um, they'll issue tags out of random. It's $150 to, for the lottery for in-state residents, 500 for out-of-state. And only 50 of the 200 tags may be filled into waters of the Everglade National Park. So there sounds like there's going to be different units for it. Um, there, I mean, it is a Goliath grouper, but you aren't going to be able to keep the Goliath ones. You can only keep the ones that are between 24 and 36 inches. But the world record for a Goliath grouper is 680 pounds. I mean... That's pretty cool. Adam was showing me a, a YouTube video of some of these bodybuilders, a group of them that went out there and hooked into some of those giant groupers. Yeah. And they were wearing the bodybuilders out. I mean, they would just, they'd get it up to the boat and they just collapse right there or they were taking turns. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's wild. I mean, it's pretty cool. You know, we talk about hunting and fishing and, how what we pay goes into the conservation of the species and i mean this is this is a prime example of it back in the 80s they stopped fishing for goliath groupers because the populations plummeted so bad but through like hunting and fishing we've been able to re rehabilitate the species to now where you can possibly go fish for them and keep them so are they or are they not going to let you keep them? 
So you you can keep them, but they only can be in between the tw- 24 to 36 inches. So you can't keep – it's not going to be like an actual Goliath. I mean, it's still going to be a Goliath, but – It's not going to be one of like four or 500-pound ones. Yeah, it's not going to be one that you're going to need to anchor down your in your studs to if you want to put on your wall. So, I mean, it'll be the species of Goliath groupers, but it's not going to be like, I guess, an actual Goliath. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty awesome. Um, that I mean, fish. The, obviously, Florida has a little bit more to go than Washington because if this is Washington. Probably that wouldn't even be close to passing. With over so ninety eight percent of the three thousand public comments submitted to Florida Fish and Wildlife supported the change, but over sixty thousand people signed a petition called "Save the Goliath Grouper" because they're saying that. Let's see, what are they complaining about? That it will possibly harm the species, which actually also through this, which I didn't mention when you, if you keep it, um, you, all the money's going back into the species conservation, but they're also going to be taking like samples from it so they can see how healthy the species is. Um, they say their argument is the population numbers may not be completely accurate and that harvesting will impact the diving industry. Oh boy. How would it affect the diving industry? Because I guess where Goliath groupers live or like shipwrecks and stuff where people, I guess will be fishing looking for where the divers will be diving, looking for the groupers. I mean, I'm, I'm sorry if a, what's that? April, May, a two month window of fishing is going to ruin the diving industry. I don't think your, your industry is very stable. And, I don't really know who goes diving in March. It's, I, I don't, I don't know. It's, I don't know what the weather's like down there. I guess that's true. It'll be, it'll be interesting. Um, I mean, there's a lot, there's a lot, Martin County, south through Atlantic coast, the key coast of the keys, all of the St. Lucie river and its tributaries, dry Tortuga national park, are off limits. So there's areas that are off limits for fishing it. You can go dive where it's off limits at. <laughs> you know? Oh my goodness. People these days. Yeah. Oh man. Well, you have anything else you want to talk about today, Dustin? I think we hit a lot of different tough topics here. Yeah, that was a whole lot of information to, to digest, really. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of everything. Um, you know. Next episode, when we come out, it's gonna be it's gonna be a pretty cool episode, you know. With spring, I had to do it in my head. Winter, spring, summer, fall. With spring around the corner, here comes spring turkey hunting. Yeah. So we're gonna do a turkey episode. All right. So that'll be fun. I actually attended a turkey seminar put on by the Christian Hunters of America, and learned a lot about turkey hunting and maybe realized why last year when I was turkey hunting, I wasn't as successful. I wish that course was taken beforehand with that. Um, maybe maybe we can find a pretty cool turkey recipe for you guys. And you know, we'll just talk all about turkey hunting, giving you tips, tricks. Hopefully, we're working on having a, I guess, what would you call them, a professional turkey caller? 
Yeah, I guess you could say that. Yeah. Per, yeah, on so he can you know go over some calls with you. Um, that's gonna be it's gonna be a great episode. So be sure to listen to that. Um, as always, we talked about at the beginning. Screenshot, tag us an Instagram and your story of you listening to this episode to get entered into the Kai Vatch headlamp giveaway. Be sure to like us on Instagram and Facebook at D and D Outdoors. And you know, if you are heading to work, um, you know, it will be over soon. If not, I hope you guys have a great rest of y'all day. Whether you're packing out an elk late at night or trying to sneak into your deer stand early in the morning in the darkness, definitely want a top-of-the-line headlamp. Well, head on over to Cabbage and get your headlamp today. With 300 lumens and 220 degrees of LED light, the K110 headlamp is the best for you. Head on over to Cabbage and get your headlamp today. That is at www.kawachusa.com. Oh, you know, man, oh, you know, man, oh, you know, man.